0: Hello, and welcome to the Saylorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real-life issues. Welcome to the Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And our guests today are Kat and Tyler Betts. Hello. Hello. I thought you were going to say it in French. Oh, yeah. You said they didn't have to. (laughs) Well, they can. (laughs) Uh, As well as Lucas and Teresa Bear. Hello. Oi. Hey, there you go. At least Teresa got it in Portuguese. Hey, thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Uh, We'll start with the Betzes. Why uh, would you mind just sharing the ages of your children with us?
2: We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, Liam and Lucy.
0: Oh, fun. And the Bears... I think Lucas is going on this one.
3: Yeah, we have three kids.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Teresa will tell you the ages. <laughs> I got, I got it. 18, 20, and
3: 22.
0: Whoa. We've
4: been empty nesters for officially two weeks.
0: Wow. And when this drops, it'll be three weeks because it'll oh. be here okay. in a couple, a, a few right. days. A few next, days. Next All right. Yeah. Wow. In the future. So from
5: what's just it been like? empty nesting
1: <laughs> who's the host here tyler <laughs> yeah tyler She's <Jeez. laughs> <I'm
3: just>
5: curious <laughs> well they've I'm been living at good. her mom's house so
3: yeah it's probably a little bit of different in-laws yeah. yeah So we don't really know yet so we're yeah you'll we're, figure
0: it out
4: ask us when we yeah. get back to brazil yeah. there you go yeah. that'll
3: be different that'll
0: be different okay oh we already did the kids oh perfect yeah on to the first question how long have you been on the field and how old were your kids when you first went? Well, the bears go first on this one. So how long have you been on the field?
1: Yeah, how old so were your
0: kids
3: when you went? We moved to Brazil in two thousand nine. So that makes it about fourteen years. And our kids when we got there were eight, six, and four. Mm. Wow. Right in the thick of it. Right in the thick of it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: Crazy.
5: What about you, Betzes? Well, Liam was eight months, and Lucy was born in France, so a yeah. mm-hmm. little different story. We were not in the thick of it. No. We but thought we were.
3: I think, you're the, <laughs> I think you're in the thicker of it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you are. You're getting
0: there. You're getting there. Uh, good. Well, let's maybe talk to specifically the, the bears on this one. How did you prepare your kids for the mission field? I mean, not speaking to an eight-month-old is...
5: Deep theological discussions late into the night. <laughs> but
0: we'll have the bears. I mean, your kids were old enough to realize, oh, we're moving. This could be a different culture. So how did you prepare them for that?
4: Well, we did, you know, teach them things about Brazil, got them their Brazilian jerseys and talked oh, yeah. about it. And they traveled with us to churches and they had their cute little word that they had learned in Portuguese that they would share when we went to churches and stuff. Yeah. Um, but really, I think... Um, what we did to prepare their hearts for mm. all of that was in the goodbyes.
2: Mm.
4: And that's something we have carried out through our entire journey of living in Brazil, the importance of them being able to say goodbye mm. and celebrating that change of um, of just change of country, I guess. Mm. Um, so we had a big going away party for them when they were little, eight, six and four, but We went to Adventureland Inn and had a big pool party, and they all invited their friends and just Mm -hmm. gave them that opportunity to Mm. close that chapter. And we have done that now. Every time we have gone back and forth um, after the end of our first furlough, we had a big party for the kids, and um, especially moving them back to the States, we really prioritize them getting to Just it's part of their grieving process. Mm -hmm. Being able to recognize that and celebrate it, and say their goodbyes, you know.
3: You know, kids are super resilient uh, Mm -hmm. because as you're moving from one country to the other one, culture to the other one, language to another, it's it can be very traumatic. Um, But kids are super resilient, and they they adapt much better than than the adults do. Mm -hmm. And um, some advice we got, I think some advice we got. Someone told us. I think. But or you're just making it up. I'm just making it up, maybe. This is advice <laughs> from
0: Lucas. No, just... You've uh, heard it
3: here first. <laughs> as long as you have a stable, predictable uh, home for the kids to be in, um, I think the kids are really fine with crazy change. As long mm-hmm. as they know that there's a stable place that that's home, then uh, the transitions, they transition really well. The location doesn't matter, maybe, yeah. as much as the
0: environment you you have in, in within your family context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. huh?
1: that's cool and that's I think really that cool. could apply to even families here moving to another state or to another city like, absolutely yeah or a new church a church plant even yeah like, to move context like that yeah that's really totally. good. so what are some of the joys of raising kids on the mission field let's Whoever start with the
5: betsy answer yeah answer. <laughs> what have you enjoyed what if I well I think what would I say I think. that's a good question that's why I said well, yeah, I think it's it. cool.
2: Like, um, so when we moved to France, Liam was eight months old, and mm-hmm. actually, people in France love kids. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just the joy that having a child opened up so many doors for us to have conversations with people mm-hmm. because they wanted to come see our baby and, yeah. and toddler, or whatever. So, like, even in our apartment building that we lived in during language school, we got to know so many people because they were so enamored by Liam. Mm-hmm. So, just like. How God uses your kids to open doors. I think the, I think that's something that's been really cool.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah, I agree. One thing that was, it's actually kind of crazy. Liam's first sentence he ever said was in French. Yeah, mm-hmm. he said, "Where's the cat?" in French. And so it's like <laughs> I'm like working my tail off to learn this. Yeah, he's uh, thinking correct- language, and he's like using the proper. Uh, verb, conjugation, the proper verb uh, sentence structure, <laughs> and I'm just like, I hate you. Aren't you glad
4: there's no questions in there? How did your kids' language learning compare to your language learning? Uh, yeah. I
5: learned it in about three weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool.
3: That is pretty cool. You know, something I'd add to that, just the joys of raising kids in the mission field. Yeah. Um, so, like, our experience is it's like awesome like mm-hmm. like uh, it, there's so many new experiences and the kids get to have all these incredible experiences with food and culture and people and it, it seems like we're able to, to travel more than 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 the time that we were in the states
4: we use the word adventure a lot, <laughs> a lot and sometimes adventures. we use the word adventure to make something a little better than it seemed you know but yeah. really <laughs> it was like <laughs> constantly on an adventure which yeah. was always fun with the with the
3: boys hey the car broke down it, it's it's what an, an adventure, adventure.
5: <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one who uses that word yes. <laughs> every day it's like liam we're gonna go on an adventure uh-huh. today and we're going to go grocery shopping so.
1: <laughs> It must be a boy thing. We, we haven't really done that with our girls.
5: I mean, we did just
0: in Michigan. We went on an adventure and rode a bike. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> rode bikes. Yeah. Cool. Any other joys of raising kids on the mission field you mentioned uh, for the bears maybe? Um,
4: well, um, an unexpected thing that didn't start out as a joy because it wasn't something I was hoping for, but it ended up being a joy in the end, was um, when we unexpected homeschooled. Oh. Oh, that was yeah. not our plan when we moved to the field. They were going to go to a school for missionary kids, and the school closed about three months before we moved to the mission field. Oh, my. And we hadn't raised money to put them in a school, and so yeah. all of a sudden I was going to move to another country and do language school and become a homeschooling mom. Oh, my. And it was overwhelming and not my plan, and I was not super happy about it, but it ended up being such a joy throughout the years even though there were times where we wanted to murder each other (laughs) it still was such a joy because we got to spend so much time together um, and have lots of adventures good ones and bad ones Um, but I'm really thankful that that was how it worked out for us because it ended up being a great joy for me.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're saying that, Teresa, a verse popped to my mind. Many are the plans of the mind in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Yeah. And it's cool to hear like even how like, it wasn't your plan, but God worked it out uh, for His good and your glo- for His glory are good. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. it for some <laughs> great, <laughs> great. Yeah. really good. You <laughs> almost had it. You almost had it. <laughs>
0: really good <laughs> theology. You, you were right it. on it, ah, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Anyways, one of the things that popped to my mind yeah. when they're they're sharing was another joy with Liam. He loves having guests over it. Oh, so yeah. Every day we have lots of uh, guests into our home and he's like, daddy, as soon as he wakes up, daddy, are we going to have any friends over today? Aww. Like every day he just wants to have someone over. It. And so it's a, it's a joy to be able to put him in an environment where he is constantly seeing us try to minister and share the gospel mm-hmm. with, with people. And so yeah, that's a blessing.
0: And he's a joy, you know, to be around. You know, we've even seen that just a little bit here, um, since you guys have been on furlough and. People, like you said, probably do come. It's like, well, I'm just coming to see Liam. But, you know, in the back of your minds, hmm, we're going to share the gospel with them, which is that's super cool.
1: And he's got to be learning a lot by coming alongside you. You know, he's serving with you. We try to even tell that to our kids like. We're serving together. We're going to do this together. You're going to help us serve Jesus by serving these people. and
0: Like they're watching Liam right now. Our daughters are. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thank you.
0: They do a great job. Um, so those are some of the joys. I'm sure there's more. Um, and if you think of them, you can, you can share. But um, what are some of the hard things? Let's go to the other side. Okay, so surely raising children in a different culture that maybe even you grew up in. There's got to be some difficult things. What have, what have been some of the hard things that you faced?
5: So the hardest thing for me culturally and as we raising Liam was the fact that school is mandatory starting at the age of 3 in France. There's no option for homeschooling. Hmm. He's legally he was supposed to start at 8:30 a.m. and be done at 4:30 wow. p.m. And that was just like I started school when I was 6 and I was homeschooled. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> this was just like totally against Everything, like what I've grown up, what I've known. And I was it was really hard for me to kind of come to grips with that. And ultimately what I had to do was I had to realize, all right, God has called us to serve him in France. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I actually have to obey the laws in France because, well, God tells us to submit to the government. And yeah. so I had to do that. All right, so that's in my mind. And then the biggest thing was I had to realize God loves Liam more than I do yeah mm-hmm. and so I am going to say God I love this little guy but I know you love him you'll protect him and you're sovereign and I can trust you and so that was probably the the hardest thing but it, it obviously it turned out to be a, a blessing too because I'm like I can trust God with my kid
0: mm-hmm. yeah. oh that's really good Bears can you top that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we can top it. No. But, what are some um, some difficult things you've seen through the years?
4: Well, I thought of something just now. Um, when when we when we first moved to Brazil, we didn't. We were, I will say, a little ignorant. We were a lot ignorant about a lot of things, <laughs> and one of those was safety. Um, not understanding really the the instability. Um, of where we were living. And so the kids are those first few years we lived in places where they could go outside and they could play on the street with their friends. I'm learning now that maybe that wasn't the best idea, but (laughs) when we moved to the city and we moved into an apartment um, and the kids were still like, I think Nathaniel was 13. So they still were, were fairly young, 13, 11 and nine. And they could not go out to play on the street. It was in that apartment Mm. or we were taking them somewhere. Um, but then it just, as they grew older, they didn't have the freedoms, um, that, and the independence that we had growing up where you could, you know, go to your friend's house, you take your car and drive across town. And that got to be difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was hard for us to know that they did not have, that independence and that um, social experience that we had and that we would have liked them to have. Now we we battled with that and we did all that we could to give them those opportunities on the weekends and stuff like that. But it was definitely a hard thing. Um, I think it was definitely a hard thing for all of us.
3: Yeah, it was. And, and um, when we moved again to the south side of the city, the same kind of thing no one played in the streets. The kids were in the house all day, and um,
4: and but, none of their friends lived down
3: there. Yeah, mm-hmm. their
4: friends were like forty five minutes to an hour away.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. so that weighed heavy on our hearts. But mm-hmm. something that that um, that Teresa worked really hard at, and I really appreciate this. This shows her wisdom as a mother. Is uh, she's like, look, every weekend we are opening our house up to all their kids, and they all come and they can sleep here and have a big sleepover every weekend. And almost almost every weekend, our house is full mm-hmm. of kids. Which was like crazy and loud and tiring and a lot of work, but it's like, this is this is how we love our kids. This is what we got to do. And so it was, that's what we really strive to, to do is as much as we could uh, create that social environment for them. So
4: There's always going to be hard things, yeah. always, whether you are on the mission field or you are in your town you grew up in, there's always going to be hard things. Mm-hmm. And so we as parents just need to, we need to pray and ask the Lord how we address those hard things and be creative yeah. to to create the best environment
1: for our kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So, how kind of even along those lines, how have you seen God use the mission field in your life as parents or even like in your kids' lives to make you more like Jesus, to make your kids more like Jesus? What does that look like?
3: I'll I'll go and jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Um, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been uh, it's been pretty formational, pretty important, I think, I think our experiences on the mission field uh, for as parents, um, I think it's allowed because not because of the mission field, but because of the circumstances, it allowed me or helped me to understand the importance of being a parent in, in, in my role, my God-given role, my calling to be a father, um that, that uh, I was able to understand that better. And I was constantly and still currently um trying to grow in that area. But I feel like being on the mission field, it, it kind of it's in some ways it simplified our life a little bit. It kind of stripped some of the things off. Mm-hmm. So like um our kids didn't have school sports, our kids didn't have choir, our kids didn't have this, didn't have that, and so it really simplified our life. Mm-hmm. Um And there's one side where, like, man, my kids are missing out on things. But what it did is it created space for us as parents to have meaningful interactions and involvement in our kids' lives. And that, uh, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I mean, Mm. if um, I remember when we came back the first time on furlough and our kids went into public school and they kind of, and like Nathaniel, he wanted to do everything like basketball, baseball, football, track for like a week. And he's like, forget that. Um, (laughs) And, uh, but something we told her, um, Someone we told Nathaniel, I said, "Look, you can choose one thing. You, it's not going to be two sports. I mean, he did like one thing in the fall, one thing in, um, in the spring, but it was like you can do one thing. You're not doing everything because if you do everything, then that's just going to rip our family down. We're not going to be family time, but not going to be kind of involvement. So we put parameters. But I feel like we were able to do that and and to make those decisions because of our experience on the mission field mm-hmm. that um, that allowed us to." Um, focus on and elevate uh, family time and the importance of family time and as parents, involvement, and investment in our children. So I think that's one huge area that that the mission field has helped us uh, become better parents.
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't really know anything besides uh, being a parent on the mission field. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I would just say even talking about just being a parent has been, learning to be a parent has been so humbling and kind of frustrating because it reveals that i'm really selfish yeah mm-hmm. and sanctifying and like mm-hmm. man i do not want to get up and help you Get your food for the fifteenth time. You've already had fifteen snacks.
4: <laughs> like father, like son. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yes. Maybe Actually, we Lucy ha- is the yes, snack yeah. Oh my snack goodness. Greens.
0: Maybe we should have uh, Mama and Papa Bets listen to this and uh, <laughs> see if there's any correlation to raising your son and raising
5: you. <laughs> so, so I've just learned a lot about being having to put others first, and yeah. it's not it's not easy, but. Uh, I have not regretted it and am putting, I know actually when I put myself first, I like, I always regret it. But yeah. when I put my wife, when I put the kids first, it's uh, such a blessing and it even brings joy to them and to me.
0: Yeah. That's a good word. We good on that one. Okay. On to the next question. Um, what? How did do I, you? Did I squirt? Did Oh, I skipped one. How do you maintain—oh, yeah, I'm really excited about this question. How do you maintain relationships with family and friends um, here in another country, in another continent, and even back in Brazil for you, Bears, and back in France for you, Betzes? How do you maintain those relationships um, while you're on the field or off the field and, and back here? How does that work?
4: FaceTime, FaceTime, FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Scheduled video calls. yeah. Um, ever since the very beginning. Even when it wasn't FaceTime, it was Skype, Skype or something. And, else. or the Magic Jack. You probably know what Magic Jack was. Did you guys have a Magic Jack?
0: I I did know uh-huh. what Magic Jack was, yes. <laughs>
1: I did not. I did Too not. young. Too young. <laughs> yeah.
0: You guys are young missionaries. There's a difference. Uh, yeah, we didn't even have Magic Jack when I was growing up, so that's yeah. how it was long ago ed- I grew up. It was,
3: yeah. <laughs> was cutting-edge technology 15 years ago. Right, um,
0: um, and that's when I came. I no longer lived in Brazil was... Go. 20 years ago, so. (laughs)
3: Um, I'd say with technology today, this is something I think about often, how 100 years ago, the missionaries would load their things up into barrels and get on a ship and say goodbye to to their family, and it was goodbye. Yeah. Um, And that's, and so I have a lot of respect for the the previous generations. Today with our technology, the world is so much closer and so much easier to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, it's just uh, through like what Teresa was saying the Skype and FaceTime and all the messaging apps and it's it's able to, you're, you're able to stay connected it's still difficult though mm-hmm. I mean, even so even like here we are in the States trying to stay connected with our with our friends and people in our church in Brazil and it's and it, it it's I mean you gotta you gotta do it you, gotta, you have to sit down and and uh Send that message. And so it's not, it's not obviously like sitting across from somebody, but it is much easier today than it was even 20 years ago.
0: I was going to say, it's not that long ago. I remember even me growing up uh, in Brazil, we had a bunch of barrels of what we had brought oh, oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> and the internet began. So I'm 30 years old, 34. The internet began like when I was a teenager ish and, and became more popular. So it really was like either crazy expensive to call or like you're literally handwriting or typing something up and mailing it months. Yeah. So it's not a hundred years ago, (laughs) like, like 30, 40 years ago. Yeah.
2: Same. We do FaceTime a lot. Tyler's really good about that. Like just being like, okay, we have a free moment. I'm just going to call whoever and see if they answer, you know? And, um, also one thing that we have for Liam because he was eight months old when we left, so he didn't know anybody, hmm. none of her family. And so we had a photo album with family members.
0: <laughs> family Tyler members. is pushing Kat's face closer to the microphone. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's sitting way back, far away from the microphone <laughs> whenever like, he I speaks. Could, <laughs> I
2: could hear myself. And be like. So we have a, a photo album, and we go through it. Quite often, of this is this person, this is your cousin, so and so, you know, and just so that when, especially before we came back, so yeah. then he was familiar with everyone and knew their names well and stuff. So, so do
0: I need to submit a photo of Uncle Jared so he can I guess, remember so
2: maybe, me? Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were talking to a missionary. Uh, we just went to a conference last week, and he said. One thing that was re- kind of insightful, it's really hard to hold on to relationships in two continents. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're trying to stay like it was, you're going to be torn in two because you can't live in both places. Yeah. And so, the, like, I'm sorry, Jerry, but we don't talk like we used to. No. And it really, it, I mean, I miss it. It's not that I don't love you any less than I used to. Yeah. It's just different now. And it's coming to grips with, I think, some of the saying goodbyes. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And so when we come back, it's like we never left. Right. But uh we don't talk like we used to. And so there's you have to let go to some of those relationships. Yep. So you can start new ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to live where you are. And yeah. so even though like you, I can face time all the time, but in the end I'm like I'm here to minister to people in France. And yeah. so it's kind of finding yeah. a balance between the two things. Yeah,
2: if we're constantly on our phone talking to people in America, we're gonna Miss opportunities in Absolutely. the country that we're in. So yeah, yeah. And,
0: the, and those friends that you have here that are godly, yeah. um, they understand that and totally get it. And um, yeah, I feel like Tyler, at least for you and I, we've stayed in, in fairly close contact as much as we can. But at the same time understanding, okay, we may only talk once every six months or so because his purpose is ministering and growing relationships there where he's at. Mm -hmm. Teresa, you had something.
4: Well, something interesting about our kids. You know, they grew up, the majority of their childhood was overseas, away Mm -hmm. from blood relatives, grandmas Mm. and grandpas, aunts and uncles, cousins. Yeah. And uh, we've had to help our families, all of them, understand because they don't, you know, their kids, the family here, this was not their experience. And for our kids, they come back here and they're not used to having you know the aunts and uncles and the cousins and the grandparents around to pop in mm-hmm. to make phone call to do those things because that's just not something that they ever had mm. and so helping our kids understand Hey, you know, they are in town and you can see them and you should see them. We know that's, you know, on Thanksgiving, you're used to hanging out with, you know, our friends who are like family, but now on Thanksgiving, you have family here and helping the kids understand that, but also helping our, our families understand to have, how to have grace and understanding in that. Just an interesting little twist of the kids growing up overseas. Yeah.
1: yeah, we feel that on the other side because our grandparents are the ones who are overseas, or Jared's parents, our kids' grandparents, are the ones over there. Yeah, yeah.
5: And while it, it's not they're not blood relatives, but it's kind of cool to see how God raises up people that are like family, right. in another country. So there's a, a a couple that are like grandma, uh, Liam's grandma and grandpa. So it was Liam's birthday. And they're not even Christians but they called us they're standing on our doorstep they called hey can we stop by we have a present for Liam I was like, sure and they said oh we're at your door <laughs> <laughs> and so we opened the door and we that's had a birthday party with uh, Manu and Nadia so it's just kind of cool to see how God raises people up one of my best friends his name is they call, in French it's the translation would be Crazy Uncle Vincent <laughs> and so that's like Liam's like when we go see you, can we go work with Uncle Vincent and so it's just cool to see how God raises people up that kind of they can't replace the family, but they sure. kind of do. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds bad. Sorry. No, they don't.
4: They don't replace the family, but they help there you go. in the absence of family to make us feel like we have family. Okay. Even though they're not family, they feel like family. Mm-hmm.
5: Thank you, Teresa. Helping you out there, Tyler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why is no. Mother Teresa? We, <laughs> we knew what you meant. Uh, we totally get that, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what what you guys, Lucas and Teresa, were saying about scheduling time, like, oh yeah, Jared's mom's really great about. She has scheduled time every Friday morning. She calls these grandkids, and every Saturday morning she calls our kids, and she talks with them and Facetimes, and she schedules, and she does not miss. I mean, very rarely does she miss that time, and um, just stays connected with them, which is hard. It's hard to entertain toddlers and young <laughs> via children FaceTime. over yeah. FaceTime but she does it very well um so and we're we look forward to when they come back and visit and we soak up the time when they're here but yeah we have to say goodbye too so yeah yeah um what are some ways that you and or your kids have been encouraged by family and friends from a distance maybe you know churches that support you what are ways that people have encouraged you while you're on the field
3: so something that uh, has been really cool, um, my parents started a tradition My the first year that my kids are in Brazil, is they would call, do a, a video call on their birthday. Actually, they talk often, like almost every week, but but they started this tradition, they'd call on their birthday, and that uh, my mom would, would make a cake, and my dad would eat it as if he was given to them to eat, and he'd do this thing in the camera where he'd be like, well, okay, take a bite now, and he'd... And the kids loved it, you know, so they blow the candles out and so the kids would blow into the screen and, you know, my dad off camera would blow the candles out Aww. and they'd, they'd do this birthday thing and they did it every, I mean, up until they were like 18. Oh, it might be still good. It might be going. still <laughs> in, I don't know. <laughs> it became, it was You think they FaceTime from
0: across town now? Like, okay.
3: <laughs> but it became this like really cool like, I think we have pictures of it from mm-hmm. their first year. Mm-hmm. And it was every year. It was this thing they did, and and they always had a cake for them. It, it, it was kind of a, a corny, cheesy thing, but it was so cool. The kids looked forward to it. It was
4: so simple, but such an encouragement to the kids. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. And our our parents are awesome. I wanted to share a story about my mom mm-hmm. and something she she did once when we were going to have our first missions team from Sailorville back in 2017. And I didn't, I, we had never done a missions team before and I didn't know how it was going to go. And I was stressing out about getting all the stuff done. And next thing I know, my mom had bought a plane ticket and she's like, I'm going to be there next week and we're going to cook and we're going to clean your house and we're going to get everything ready. And she came and that is what we did for the week. And it was such an encouragement to me that she took that time and spent that money to mm. come down and scrub my walls and mm. scrub my floor and scrub my bathroom and cook food. And, um, you know, it, it was such an encouragement. Mm. Just just that sacrifice she made and her presence in that moment.
1: So, mm. yeah, moms, mm-hmm. they're the best. <laughs>
5: yes, something my mom did is she, I've never heard of it before, but she does a kiwi crate thing. She um, did for for yeah. Liam, so she sent him a kiwi crate, and he, I hated it, but Liam loved it. <laughs> like we have all these stupid little toys Thanks, all over our house. <laughs> <laughs> But Liam, he really looked forward to that, so that was a big encouragement to him. Yeah, there's a, there's a church. Not me. <laughs>
2: There's a church that sends our cards to the kids quite often and so like a card you can't send like a lot of stuff but they'll put like stickers or band-aids like our children freak out for band-aids so i mean even like cool things like that i mean yeah it's just really simple but our kids love getting mail yeah and so like opening an envelope and oh there's band-aids
0: in here yeah that's
2: so 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 just something as simple as that has been
5: and one of our supporters uh They sent us, when we first arrived in France, they sent us a a house-welcoming gift package. And the same thing when we arrived in La Rochelle, Rochelle. they sent us a a house-welcoming gift to our new home. So that was pretty cool. That was was a good idea.
4: Yeah. We can't can't get care packages in Brazil because of import taxes and blah, 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 blah. But um, I do love when we get... People's Christmas cards. There oh, are a yeah. few families that send us Christmas cards. Now, granted, we get it in February. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I say I think my parents get theirs like in April. It's you getting know? <laughs> a little
1: faster. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's getting, getting
0: better. Getting slightly faster. <laughs> it's getting better. But I
4: do, I do love that they thought to send us one. Yeah. And a, another, just little simple thing that's so encouraging. And also, when people respond to your prayer letter. Yeah.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
4: you know, praying for so and so that was in your prayer letter and how is so and so from last prayer letter and knowing that someone is reading and praying for you and reaching out is one of I think it's one of the hugest encouragements that we get. And there are a few people that regularly respond every month, including the Betzes.
0: Oh, cool.
4: That's really,
1: Tyler.
0: <laughs> 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 the secret's out. You didn't have to say that, but. <laughs> I, that.
1: Very sweet I totally of you, would honey. have given
4: you the credit, Kat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Well, that and that's our next question, too, is like, how can how can the people here at Sailorville pray for you specifically as parents on the mission field? How can we pray yeah, for you?
5: Yeah, I'd like to hear your answer, though, <laughs>
3: Teresa. <laughs> now that you're no longer now, now that well, you're MP well, you're MP. still parents, yeah. but you're know, actually shifting into a phase that is really it's really hard. It's a different, different <laughs> stage. Parenting
4: adults is really hard, <laughs>
0: especially <laughs> from another continent. What you'll experience soon. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's hard because there's things we miss out on. Yeah, and uh, you know our kids are in the process of making big decisions and. And we're we're at a distance, and yeah, and, uh, so that's it's it's uh it's interesting. We're know, we're gonna have to figure that out. But
4: uh, pray, just pray for us that we'll have wisdom to know how to when to speak and when to not, when to get involved mm-hmm. and when to not. But also, man, pray for our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they are here, and we're not going to be here. And they are young men who are learning and growing and doing big things and finding adventures and you know, <laughs> <laughs> continuing to find <laughs> yeah, adventures, you know, find adventures <laughs> on their own <laughs> and and it's a it's a big adjustment that they get you know jared you just really get thrown into it yeah and it's a lot i did not of big do well adjustment.
0: for my first couple of years yeah you know, don't tell them that what? no
1: but we get no <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, i mean god obviously
3: grew me yeah. through all of yeah. that and you yeah. turned out okay I just remember, like, just uh, – won't say which son. You know, he'll remain nameless. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But um, one of our kids just recently moved back. And- <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> we'll let you listeners guess which they're one that might gonna, they're be. They're not going to
1: listen anyway. So, so, <laughs> no, so uh, it, was
3: just, it was just really struck us just how just this whole transition, you know, because he, uh, he called me. He's like, Dad uh, – Okay, how do I put gas in the car? <laughs> like, which, there's a whole bunch of op, which gas should I choose? And, and, uh, and then yeah. like, okay, so like my card keeps getting denied. And it's like, well, it comes out of your checking. Oh, my card's connected to my checking. I thought it was my savings. And I mean, just like all these things he's never had to think about. Oh. And trying to, mm. and trying now to, to figure all those things out. It's just a huge, it's just a huge transition and a lot of things that you don't even realize. That they're having to transition into, and so and, and
4: that's just the the basic things. Yeah. And then when you the think about things. those are the easy things, and then you you think about someone that age who's going out into the world for the first mm-hmm. time. That's on top of all of that. And so, right. how can you pray for us? You can pray for our children. Yeah. yeah. And
0: for you, parenting from afar. Yeah, that that's tough. And give him Uncle Jared's number. I'm right nearby.
1: <laughs> they don't have to call him Uncle.
0: They just could just Leon. call me Jared. That's, he a cool. calls Uncle Jared. <laughs> That's true.
4: Jared. I'm going to tell Nathaniel he has to start calling you Uncle Jared. <laughs> he Let's see how that goes. Had he had
1: might do that. it. He can if he wants to.
0: <laughs> <Mickey J. Rob>. <laughs> <laughs> he could just call me Jared. That's fine. All what right. about you guys? That's what, his? Well, Uncle Jared, I think Catherine has a response for that. No.
5: <laughs> oh, I do? <laughs> you do. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, um, first and foremost, for our children's salvation. And mm-hmm. that um, just that we would be intentional about being uh leading our kids well and being faithful to to disciple them and yeah it's a lot lot. yeah but as everyone who's experienced know Mm -hmm. it's no different you're just doing it in a different country but it's you know the same job
5: yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's good i i'd say for for me i just I just would like to continue to be a godly example to mm-hmm. to the kids and just showing them what like a loving marriage looks like. And sometimes it's easy to get focused on myself or on ministry. Even that's probably my biggest problem is mm-hmm. I'm like I lo- want to go do and do and do and not take enough a time to be with the family as I as I should. So just that uh, I love my kids enough to say no to ministry opportunities as. Lucas and Teresa have so wisely counseled me mm, to do yeah. so we, we had a great time with the Bears last, last week and they are just giving us like nuggets of gold all the time <laughs> I was like we should just have the Bears on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> we
0: should not be on the podcast <laughs> we're just sitting at their feet <laughs> <laughs> they have just experienced more than you and that's okay yeah. that's alright that's good yeah. oh thanks for sharing guys say that
1: Will you pray for them, Jim, oh, Pastor?
0: I <laughs> was going to ask the last question, but we can pray for them Let's, right now.
1: We just asked how we can pray sure. for them. Sure. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. God, thank you for the Bears. Thank you for the Betzes. Thank you for where you have brought them from and where you are taking them. And even in the present right now, God, just be with them as um, parents and as people and as child of you. Um, that that they would, um, for the Betzes, that they would lead well as they're raising kids even here right now and soon in France. Give them wisdom um, how to do that well. Uh, pray for the Bears and even their kids here uh, that'll be staying back when they go back to Brazil. Um, give their kids wisdom as they, um, there's just a lot of different changes, and uh, give um, the bears some lots of wisdom as well as they seek to parent from afar. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Last question. What would you say to some parents who are thinking that God may be calling them to the mission field and by extension, calling their entire family to the mission field? So what's some advice you may have? We may have some listeners, I don't know, now or in the future, who'll be listening to this like considering missions and raising kids on the field and may have some questions or whatever. But what are some uh, some nuggets of wisdom? We'll start with you guys, Bears, because um, <laughs> apparently you have lots of wisdom to give.
3: <laughs> they do. <Okay>. Well, then. <laughs> with that introduction, let me say something really dumb. How um, much time do you okay. have? <laughs> um, so the first thing I would say is you want to make sure that your your calling to the field is clear and concise and i say that because uh when you step out to go into the mission field you're gonna be confronted with a lot of difficulty and um you're gonna lose a lot of things you gain a lot of things too but there's there's a, a level of suffering that you'll go through just in the transition and you want to make sure that your calling is 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 from god and clear uh, because that's gonna uh, anchor you through that and help you get through it and you realize mm. no it's okay to suffer because i'm, I'm called to this. Um, and it's not something It's like, Hey, it'd be really cool to, to raise my kids in the mission field because it would be like really fun and, you know, and it'd be really awesome. And you know, that that can't be your calling. Um, so the first thing, just with anybody, just make sure you're calling that you're hearing from God that he's leading you down this path. This is what you need to do. Um, and then the second thing might sound strange. I don't know, but, um, remember that your first calling, um, is to disciple and shepherd your family. Mm-hmm. That's your first calling. That's your first ministry. Don't sacrifice your first calling in order to achieve your second calling, which is to your ministry to the mission field or wherever. Um, uh, don't don't sacrifice your family to do missions. So uh, you you have to. What that means? I'm not saying don't go to the mission field. But you 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 understand that my primary priority my first calling is to my family yeah so i can't i can't set them aside in order to do missions it's i i I need to do missions with my family and i and if something's going to suffer it's going to be my ministry not my family Mm -hmm. does that make sense totally makes sense yeah that's good yeah
5: so so the very first sunday we were back at sailorville pastor pat he came over to say hi to me during the song time and he grabbed my arm and I just, I turned and I'm just like weeping (laughs) and I'm just like, all that's going through my mind is why the heck did I leave this church? Mm -hmm. And, uh, ultimately it was, comes back to what Lucas said. It's all about God's calling. Yeah. If God has called you to do something, go. Yeah. Go. There's no question about it. You need to go and he will sustain you in the midst of those, those difficulties. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth it. And it's the greatest joy in the world to serve God uh, in France. Yeah.
2: I think when your calling is clear, like Lucas talked about, make sure your calling is clear. Then in those moments as a parent, like sending Liam to school at the age of three, we had full confidence that God wants us in France and he wants us serving there. So we trust that God, you know, is going to take care of Liam and. We, have, we live in France, so we have to abide by those rules. And so he goes to school. And so just, you know, trusting. And, and people are like, but they outlawed homeschooling and all these different things. But you know what? Like We gave up our personal preferences by moving there, by trusting in, in God and his call on, on our lives to serve mm-hmm. in France. So really, I think if you're confident in your call, then,
4: yeah, I'd go and... Trust the Lord.
2: Amen. Yeah. And, Teresa, and,
0: you had something.
4: And that continues in the phase that we're in, Kat, too, mm-hmm. that our call has not changed. Our call to Brazil has not changed, even though our kids are here. Mm. And, you know, we, <laughs> we prepare them the best that we can, but then we have to trust the Lord that, like Tyler said earlier, he loves our kids more than we do, and he's going to care for them. And... Um, I, you know, my call has not changed. So I, I will go back to Brazil, and I will trust in God's purpose in their life. And I I do want to say we are so stinking proud of our boys, and how well they have adjusted um, in their, in their different phases of coming here. Um, But we see it not just as just you know, them and their ability to adjust, but God's grace and answers to prayer Mm. and an amazing church family around them. You know, and the Lord uses his church also in the midst of it all. Yeah.
5: So I just remembering that, Jared, when you came to visit us at the hospital, when Liam was born, you shared with us uh, Psalm 127, which like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Bless is a man whose quiver is full of them. And then you talked about, all right, your job is to raise Liam up and then to shoot him out. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of reminds me what Lucas and Teresa are going through. They've let their little kids go. And like I can't imagine, like, oh, that's going to be so hard. Yeah. Like after Liam, like, oh, I Liam, moving away?
3: A little hard. It's hard. hard. Don't overstate
0: it. (laughs) There's joys. You know, there's hard. It's good and bad. Great joys. The
4: the Lord has a call on our kids' life that is His call on their life. Yeah. And my call is my call, and their call isn't necessarily going to be the same as mine. And so, yeah, we raise them up to send them out so the Lord can use them in the way that he has been planning to use them the whole time. And it's exciting to mm-hmm. to know and to wait and to see and mm-hmm. terrifying also at the same time. <laughs> but,
3: you know, just uh, also a challenge, I'd say, to, to parents who are listening. Yeah. there um, There's that um, temptation uh, as a parent to... to to protect your own heart and Mm. your own, your own feelings and and what you want and keep your kids close because that feels good. You know, you want your kids close and um, how that can be very um, detrimental to their growth. Mm. And the fact that we didn't have that option. I mean, we, our kids were, I mean, we could have forced them to stay in Brazil, I guess, but at a young age, at 18, 19, 20, they're, they're out of the home. Yeah. But, We sit back and and we've had this conversation a couple different times. How wonderful it's been for our kids, not for us. It hurts, like the Dickens. Mm -hmm. It it hurts, but to see how that that, how that has caused our children to grow and to mature and to take steps towards manhood. Yeah, um, we're so thankful for that. And as parents, I think this is real big in Brazil. I mean, the the parents there that they hold their kids. And, I mean, they don't, they're not leaving their house. 20 like twenty, thirty, forty. I mean, the kids will be. Like, you know, that's it, starting to happen here too, more and more. But <laughs> in America, but, but um, now there's circumstances where that makes sense. Sure, but we just have to make sure as parents that we're not doing that out of selfish reasons. Yeah, so we, part of loving and sacrificing for your kids is falling on that sword of that that pain of letting them go because yeah. they they you have to let them go in order for them to to grow and to and to live their adventure that God's calling them to. So yeah, it's been it's been hard, but it's from a distance, seeing them take steps in, in to and to develop into mature has been really exciting for us. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love this conversation because even though we're specifically talking about missions and talking to you as missionary parents, um, I think there's so many things that have been said that apply to our parents here yeah. and you know, your experience as parents, isn't all that different from those of us who are here. Yes. Different culture, you know, there are different struggles, but they're the basic principles are the same. And, and at the, at the bottom line, like God is still good and he's still in control and, and we have to give our kids to him.
0: Yeah. I was thinking the same thing that there's so many principles, obviously they're, they're principles from God's word on parenting, no matter where you're at, you know? And so, um, those, those apply no matter where you, you are location wise. Um, as long as you're, uh, living for God and, and living, um, in His will and and fulfilling the calling that He has called you to do, then then these principles apply, whether you're a missionary or you're a stay at home mom or you work in a business or wherever you live around the world.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really
0: good. That's right. Thanks for sharing that, Teresa. You had one resource uh, that you wanted to mention um, for for parents who maybe are are looking at this. So why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, there's uh, if you're thinking of living overseas or you have lived overseas, or even if you're an adult, um, who lived overseas, um, you would be the category of a third culture kid, like Jared, a third culture kid, um, where you are, you not of your passport culture and you're not of your, your home culture. You're a third culture. That's the mix of the two. Um, there is a book that's really great called third culture kids. And it's actually an entire ministry. They have a Facebook page. They do retreats to help kids um, when they are moving back to their passport country for college or if their parents are leaving the field. Um, but it is a fantastic book to help understand the way they process their emotions and the way that their thinking is different um, and how we can help them and come alongside them and, and love them well in the way that they are so third culture kids is the book and the facebook page and it's a whole ministry
0: cool and we'll we'll find that link too and we'll drop it here in the in the bottom in the show notes here so well thank you for listening to this episode of the parenting podcast and thanks again to the Betzes and the bears for joining us uh, we'll provide that link to that resource again in the show notes here below. And we're currently lining up um, someone for our next month. But if you have a topic or questions that you may have that you want us to cover in future episodes, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And just knowing that you listen is, um, or you are challenged or encouraged is really encouraging to us. So thanks for joining.